we had to cut the episode short for part one. We just ran out of time, so we got Sasha back in the following day to continue talking to us about you know, his journey as an MMA fighter. So you guys probably noticed some continuity errors. Uh, see if you can spot the differences in the shots. A little game for you guys. Um, but I hope you continue to enjoy the podcast with Sasha Palatnikov. So yesterday, I guess it was just yesterday, maybe you can spot the difference in a... Oh, we won't say where. <laughs> but um, yeah, yesterday we sort of left off when you were on the way to Buffalo. That's right. Yep. So after the whole calamity with school and scholarship for school, I um, had to look at my options and saw that, you know, I had to go back to New York because I was a New York State resident and school would be cheaper. At this point, I wasn't I didn't have scholarship, so I had to go back to school as just a regular undergrad student. So I applied to the University of Buffalo, was accepted, and then literally packed all my belongings in the car and drove 12 hours to Buffalo. Um, and actually, I stopped over at a friend's in Marlboro. Shout out to Joey and Anthony Gerbino. Um, I stayed over at their place, and we actually set up mats in his basement and rolled. Um, none, neither of us had really any experience, but we would just watch the videos, but we would go at it for like hours, like just rolling with each other. So that was like my kind of first real interaction with like jujitsu. We would YouTube it, watch it and try and do stuff. So we did that. And then on my way up to Buffalo, I just kind of got an apartment, showed up, introduced myself to the coaches, told them my situation. And they were just like, all right, come out and try out, like come out and train for, uh, like training camp which was like six weeks away mm -hmm. so I was continuously training I was in good shape at the time and I went out to training camp did what I thought I had to do at training camp and was was training with the team but I just never got my opportunity to play uh, I don't know really what it came down to but I just never got my opportunity and then based on frustrations from that I wanted to just sign up to like a boxing gym just mm -hmm. to you know let off some 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 hate some anger you know and uh, I signed up to a gym and uh they were doing jujitsu uh, mm. when I signed up and the owner was trying to get me to do the jujitsu class. And then I was like, look, I just want to go and hit the bag. And then he was really pushing me to do the jujitsu class. And eventually he offered me like a free gi to like do the class or like free oh, gi rental, nice. not okay. not to own the gi, but to like rent it or whatever, to do the class. And I was like, all right, whatever. I what, thought it was What weird. was holding you back from uh, trying it? Was it the I gi? Just thought, yeah, I just thought like, why are these dudes rolling around in pajamas? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought it was strange, you know, but like I'd obviously seen like no gi from MMA and I, I thought that was more like efficient or at least I thought it made more sense. And then. And then they're like, no, oh, this, that, and then, of course, just being ignorant, I didn't know anything about it, so I was just hating. But, uh, and of course, I was huge at that point. I was like, uh, I was probably like 110 kilos. Oh, gee. I was like, yeah, one, <laughs> between tough. 110 and 115, I was a big guy from yeah. football. So, like, I just thought I was so strong and I could just smash anybody. You know, I just had that mentality. And then, I, and then most of the people I was, was that were in that class were small, probably like, 70 kilos average and, and and under so i went in thinking like oh what do i do i'm just gonna like hurt these guys i felt bad kind mm -hmm. of not that i had any ability to do so but i really mm -hmm. thought like oh yeah i'm just gonna smash them and then and then next thing you know i'm uh i'm like doing the warm-up that's fine going through some stuff that's fine and then we get to the sparring part and i'm going with a blue belt who at that time was like probably the most experienced on the map but he was very small maybe like 
60, 55 kilo guy, small guy, but like we go, we touch gloves and I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to flatten him out and just like, just basically pancake him yeah. like, as you would in football. <laughs> I'm just going to smash. Yeah. Him. I'm just going to like lay on top of him and just, cause I didn't really know what to do. And then maybe choke him if I can. Mm. That's like probably my mindset at the time. And then he literally jumps on my back real quick and I'm like, <laughs> all right, well that's new. Yeah. Like, what do I do here? And then he has a, a bone. I see yeah, like a bone arrow. Oh, not bone arrow. Sorry. Uh, just a lapel. Lapel choke, basically okay. uh, bone. Yes, yeah, bone arrow choke, and uh, and or I'm. Or zip choke. Oh, yeah, but his thing, you know, he had the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt like, all right, I'm they being suck. contorted right now, <laughs> but like I didn't feel like I was being choked, so I was still with it. And then I, all of a sudden, I go out, I go, I go to sleep, and then and then I wake up, and there's like, like a room, like a circle of heads looking down <laughs> at me, and I'm like, what the fuck? And I was like, what happened? And then they're like, oh, dude, like if you feel like you're gonna be choked or you can't breathe, you have to tap. Da, 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 da. And I was like, I didn't even feel like I was going to sleep, you know? And they're like, oh, it was a blood choke, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, my mind just went, Psh. I was like, I was like, this man just put me to sleep. Like, <laughs> like what just happened, you know? So after that, I was really uh, obsessed with jujitsu. Uh, I thought it was amazing that like, that this could be done. And I thought submission stuff was so cool. Like I thought it was, I didn't even, never even heard of it really. I saw obviously a little bit of jujitsu and I just thought it was like, oh yeah, they're, they're tired. They're just holding people on the ground and you know, mm -hmm. relaxing kind of, but in reality, like it's a whole different world down there. So I studied it and I was like obsessed with it. I started training it like, and then I completely just left football and just focused on jujitsu. Mm. And at that gym, they had professional fighters, um, like maybe five or six guys that were like already fighting like at a decent level. So they were like, yo, come to the Muay Thai class, come to the boxing class. So I was like, all right. So I already had striking experience. So when I came in, it was very like, they expected me maybe to be very uh, green, very like new but to the strike. Maybe, yeah, a little bit, just being a, yeah, like football player maybe. But, uh, you know, I handled my own out there and I was like piecing up guys and doing like, doing business on the hands. Like I was, I was okay with, you know, that was always my, my thing. And they're like, oh yeah, like you're very, you know, very good at striking. I was like, you should do MMA. Mm. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I didn't think about like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be a fighter or anything like mm -hmm. that. Cause I was like, oh, I was just playing football. I just dedicated the last like two, three years of my life to playing football, like hardcore. Mm. Just like, oh, MMA. I was like, oh, I don't know. So I was like, I'll just train with them. I was like, I like training. I like, because we were just getting into scraps. We yeah. were just getting, and I had like big boys, like they were all heavyweights and they were like big. So were you training then? Like, cause you, were you still training for this team alongside training in the gym or did you already decide? I'd already let, like I'd had like a falling out with the coach and I like mm. told him how I felt and then I couldn't really get, get through to the coach. So I finally like had a falling out and I thought, man, I need to let out these frustrations and just go to a gym and just do something a little bit different, take mm. my mind off things. So that's when I joined the MMA gym and mm. then all I was really looking for was to box. And then when I saw like this MMA gym and then jujitsu, all of it just kind of like, rolled on mm -hmm. and then yeah next thing you know i was like i want to invest my time in the gym here instead of it at, at school so i just went to school as, as a student and then i just was like three times a day training it was called nice. buffalo training center btc mm. and uh yeah it was super cool location like it was a nice gym and like i said a Gyms lot of pros in the states just look so much a more lush yeah, yeah so much space, space. yeah a massive like f field space for striking for grappling oh yeah a lot of space and especially like you know in pro class and stuff you got a lot of space mm. to work with it's not there wasn't like an absurd amount of bodies and especially like that location in buffalo i wouldn't say like 
everyone was doing MMA, you know? So it's like, it was good. It was a good little squad of people. And, and like I said, I went in there and like I said, they would dominate me in jujitsu and wrestling and stuff. Actually, I wouldn't say dominate. Like, yeah, when I get on the ground, they would dominate me. But like in terms of like the wrestling aspect, I kind of understood it. But the striking, I felt very comfortable. And then they were just like, man, you just got to work more on your jujitsu, your wrestling, and then you can fight MMA. And then I was like, all right, all I right. do think like having had such a lot, like a lifelong, uh, like athletic life, your mm. athleticism will take you a long way. Uh, when when joining like new 100%. sports. 100%. I, I mean, I, I, a lot of people don't talk about um, rugby being like <coughs> a good crossover sport, but I think rugby is a great crossover sport for MMA because um, well, for one, we're used to just working for long durations of time. Like, mm. you know, we grind. It's a very grinding sport. A lot of running, a lot of hard work, a lot of body, body contact. A lot of power, a lot yeah, of speed. You need explosiveness, but you also need cardio. Very mm. similar uh, energy systems to MMA. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're holding, you're grappling, there's that aspect. And like, there's people on your legs trying to take you down. So mm -hmm. same thing, like it's common sense. Oh, this guy has his leg, uh, his arm wrapped around my leg. I'm gonna underhook it and take it off. It's like, that's how you would just, one plus one equals not happening. Kind yeah. of, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you want that kind of, uh, at least that's how it worked for me. That's how I saw it. I was like, this is just common sense. And then they're like, oh, that's called an underhook. I was like, okay, that's always just been that common sense to me, whatever. Yeah. Okay, underhook. So that was always there. And then once people started, coaches started telling me this is that and that is this, I'm like, oh, okay, now I have a word to what now I was I already kind of doing. Yeah, I was like, like, Komora locks were something I was doing in rugby, like when I was like 12. Oh, you're allowed to do that in rugby? No, but like <laughs> if somebody has like, like somebody picks up your leg and they're like, like, you know, like running you back, you take one of their arms and go for Kimura, they're not gonna go, they're not gonna be able to grab your leg anymore. So just little sneaky things like that. I think I learned that from like one of my dad's judo coach. Like, oh, like he taught me something like this and I, it just stuck with me at a young age. So little things like that, I like, oh, okay, that kind of works and that works. And then jujitsu, when you add in all these different elements and setups and it's like a game of chess, I was like, all right, well, now I really got to learn what's going on. So mm. like I was reading a lot and like studying a lot because whenever I'm fascinated by something and I want to know about something, I will I will read and study the heck out of it. So, you know, I have I read textbooks on textbooks on jujitsu on certain, you know, mastering the planet, Eddie Bravo system, Sal Ribeiro, mm. um, you know, a lot of Did the you Gracie buy stuff. any like uh, DVDs? Um, I, I honestly I know I sound like cheap ass, but uh, I had people who probably bought them or had people that bought them and then they had the copies and then I just got the copies. I've Sorry. never physically <laughs> yeah. bought a DVD uh, related to jujitsu, but I've bought textbooks. Mm. I like books. Um, and then like creating the image in my mind, the video in my mind, I think is a, an important thing. Mm. Um, yeah, so like I said, I, I got so obsessed with it that I was training it so much. And then six months later, they were like, oh yeah, you should fight MMA. And like, I got confident because like my MMA training had improved a lot and like guys that used to take me down and dominate me for a whole round couldn't do that and then I would piece them up in the striking and I was like well if I just did that to a guy who was like not a very good wrestler with like pretty average striking <laughs> I would probably smash him you know yeah. that's what I was thinking and then then my coach was like yeah yeah you should do it because they would have uh, events basically in New York they would have to go to the Indian re reservations right. uh, by Niagara Falls because <laughs> it was illegal to do MMA oh uh, wow in the state yeah so but on res in Indian reservation land, they have their own laws. Yeah. So they would have at the casino, like full on MMA events. Oh. And like, because John Jones is from Rochester. So John Jones was like a big name would come, come by to these kind of events. And quite a lot of guys from that region, uh, like upstate New York, 
at that time were competing in, in, in these, uh, it was called Raging Wolf. And uh, it was a very cool event, like, uh, and it was in a hotel. And at that time, you know, you're, you're a young guy, so you see these guys. Like amateur. Small five, yeah, like, it's like what? amateur nights and then like amateur fights that go into pro fights, yeah. you know, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Like, I'd never been to an MMA event. So, like, mm -hmm. I went and saw guys that I was training with and watched the fight, the atmosphere. You know, you experience it from from a spectator standpoint, you're like, oh, this is cool. You're like, oh, I can do that. It's always- how, how big are the cages at these events? Pretty good size, actually. Not like ridiculously small, mm -hmm. um, pretty decent. Like not, I wouldn't say the big, big ones, but I would say like, I'm trying to compare it. Maybe like your Impy cage. Impy? Yeah, maybe. I, I thought that was quite small. Though. Yeah. But I, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it's not like, like the octagon of the UFC yeah. and like, some like actually just MMA's one was very big. Yeah, I thought. it was longer. Yeah, it was a different shape, but, mm -hmm. um, no, they, they were like decent size. They weren't like, they weren't some, some small promotions put you in like a, in a small little yeah. foam ball. There's like no movement. And you're just yeah. toe to toe the whole but way. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was bigger than MP. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but it was a good size. Like mm. you could watch it well. And yeah, they would have fights there. And then afterwards they would go into the hotel and they'd have rooms for the fighters and they'd all party. And it was, mm. it was just kind of cool event, whatever. So I went to a couple of them and then I'd seen my guys that I trained with them fight do well. And then they were eventually like, man, you should fight. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, let me think about it. Let me train some more. I was like, at that time I was confident. I was like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to fight. But I was just like, what am I doing? Like I was like, cause I was like so invested in football. I was like, oh, now I'm like just going to get in a fight in a cage. See, <laughs> I was wondering like uh, through all of your sort of just all of your experiences you've been like i'm gonna do this like this is what i believe in so i was wondering whether you ever had that feeling of like wait what am i doing again like a doubt because it doesn't yeah. seem up to this point that you've ever doubted at your direction yeah i mean of course like i'm like my even when my dad like because my dad had always been like oh you, you you should never be a fighter like being a fighter sucks it's so dangerous and you don't get paid yeah you know it's <laughs> like even because we would watch fight sports together and he would always say that but like he enjoyed watching it mm. you know he's always enjoyed the fight game but he understands it's a tough sport and like and you don't really get what you deserve unless you're like at the top of boxing making like 50 mil 100 mil you know Sweet. but um <laughs> All fighters should be making that one. Yeah. No. But, um, but no, it's just one of those things where he's like, it's it's not worth it, right? And then I'm like, even at my age, I'm like thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm going to play rugby. I'm going to do this. So I'm thinking, no, I'm going to never be a fighter. But then now they're like, hey, you want to step in a cage and fight someone? And I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm always down <laughs> for a fight. Like, I've always been down. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of official. And then I was like, why not? Like, like let's do one. You know, like, let's try, like, just to say, you know, I did it. Like, I've done it on the street. I guess it's more official in the cage, right? Or in a ring. So I was like, let's do it. And then um, I told my dad, I didn't tell my dad. I didn't tell anyone in my family. I just went and did it. And then, yeah, I knocked the guy out in like 40 seconds, 46, <laughs> 44, six, something like that. What was the 40. other, do you know anything about the other guy or? All I knew was he was a wrestler, high school wrestler. Oh, so you were um, like. No, I, not really. All I was worried about was he's going to wrestle me. So like, uh, he like, actually we touched gloves and then he shot in on, on a, tried to shoot in on a single, like took my leg, but I just like lassoed out and just kind of scoop kind of ran away a little bit <laughs> and then like reset and then we kind of exchanged like jabs and then i just landed a big left hook and then he went down and then i just went into finish and the ref stopped it so Ugh. um and in the atmosphere from that and just the feeling i got from the knock and like just all of it was like it was first like i I'd, I'd knocked people out before 
but that was different. Like people actually cheer was, for you. There, lights, not actually, or? no. There wasn't really. I mean, my my team, yeah. But like in reality, like that was the home dude. Like there were a lot of people. Nobody knew who I was. So it's like, so let's. Uh, but it was some people come up to me afterwards. Oh, like that was amazing. Good mm. job. Blah blah blah. Who are you? Where are you from? And then and then you're like, oh, that's kind of cool. But at the same time, I was like, I never played a sport by myself unless until it was like karate, mm. you know. So I've been on all these team sports. So it was like people come up to me and saying like, oh, good job. You did this. You did that. And I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks. Like <laughs> I've been training six months. And then they're like, what? And they're just like, that's crazy. So I was like, and then that, that gives you confidence. You know, you're like, oh, like I can continue doing that. And I was like, that felt good. I was like, I want to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I want to knock someone. I know it's kind of sadistic or whatever, but it's like I would love to knock someone out. Yeah, you know? So, a, yeah, you know, and, and at school, at university, like college kids, oh, you did MMA. Oh, like people are even more afraid of you. So it's like. It's an, it's not a, I'm not saying like, oh, everyone needs to be an MMA fighter to be happy, but it's like at that moment <laughs> in time in the athletic career that I'd gone through at that point, I was like, hey, it's pretty cool. It's, it's different. Mm. And I was like, I felt pretty natural in there. I never didn't, I, ne I wasn't like t shivering in nerves before the fight or like sweating buckets. Like I was just like, all right, let's go. And you're ready. Yeah. I was just like, let's go have fun. I thought it's fun. Yeah. And then especially when people watch in training, you're like, man, kind of like going with the flow sometimes and but you need to push yourself but when you're in there it's like you got to be on it at that moment and then the people are there watching you so, so you got to put on a show you got mm. you got to like especially if back then it was different now it's even more pressure because you got people watching from all over the world you got mm -hmm. friends you got family like so it's a little bit more pressure but back then i was just like man let's go <laughs> you know let's, let's go let's like i have one goal let's go get it and then like when i got it i was like yeah all right so I'll just keep training Thanks. keep doing what i'm doing and i really like jujitsu i really like jujitsu like so much like more than striking at that point because i thought it was like because it's new i guess yeah and uh i was jujitsu like that was the first thing i became obsessed with as well there's mm -hmm. something about like its complexity and like the way that you can compare it to life <laughs> that you're like yeah. oh wow the sport is so amazing <laughs> yeah it's just it, i like the it's i like problem solving stuff and like there was a lot of like i would get smashed by like higher belts and be like what the heck like it didn't make sense to me like i'm so strong like why am i getting smashed <laughs> like like it, i couldn't comprehend it so like i had to know why and then i understood leverage and i understood everything especially mm. in the gi i was like man no gi i was like i was like that's a different world but in the gi i started to understand like leverage and angles and everything and then i was like okay well now i'm gonna play a game and then like once i started to understand how i could identify my game because everyone mm. had a game everyone had a certain thing they went to that they were so good at mm. so i was like i don't have that yet so i was like let's find it so i picked something that i thought was something that i'd be strong in and i was like all right let's do it based on like my body type and the way that the other people have played it higher level guys have played it mm. so it worked for me and then and then i was like man i got my blue belt uh, like I think eight months after starting jujitsu. Oh wow, that's yeah. Impressive. Well, I was training a lot, like yeah. like like stupid amount, and then um, and then yeah, because I was like I don't like being a white belt. Like I literally didn't like it. I was <laughs> like I need to be a higher belt because everyone was higher belt. You know, there's a couple small guys that were white belts. So I was like nah, I need to be a blue belt. So like I worked, 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 got my blue belt, and then I was like all right, well now I should compete because I didn't want to compete a white belt. So I was like I have to compete a, a blue belt, and I did a competition. I came second, I think, in my weight class. I didn't win, um, again, and I lost, and I didn't cut any weight or do anything like that. I just mm. showed up at like 90, mm. and the guy I went against was like a big wrestler, dude. Super close. It was like some advantage, like mm. some 
crap like that. Mm. You know advantages. how it is. Suck. Yeah, yeah, they're just so <laughs> whack. Like, I lost an advantage in yeah, Japan. It was yeah. just like, yeah, ugh. it's a bummer. Yeah, it's you feel like you didn't really <laughs> lose, you know. Yeah. But um, I definitely lost that. <laughs> so so basically, yeah. And then um, I was like, yeah, I like jujitsu, and I kept training, kept training. And then then I finished school, mm. and um, you know, school finished. I graduated, and I was like, what am I gonna do with my life? So. I had like an option to stay in the States or I had an option to come back to Hong Kong. And like my dad wanted me to come back to Hong Kong. My family wanted me to come back to Hong Kong. So I was like, you know what? I haven't been home properly for like four years. I was like, I'll come back home. So I came back home and then I was like kind of again transitioning. Like, what am I doing with my life? Like, yeah, I had a few amateur, like a few amateur fights and I've been training MMA, but I was like, I still didn't really, I gone done my IT stuff. I had I had an IT company that I started and was doing some work with, but um, like it was just still in the, in in the infant stages. It mm. wasn't like doing much. So I was kind of like, where am I going? Like I didn't really know. I was like, I'm going back to Hong Kong now, and I was like, man, like all my friends got jobs. They're all working and stuff, and I'm just like just graduated because all my friends graduated a year before me, mm. and uh, and I was like, man, I'm going back, and like I'm not, I don't have like an office job. I don't know. I just felt kind of like eh out of place a little bit i didn't know what was going on and then and then i had an opportunity to play football i was playing like like soccer oh wow football yeah another change yeah no i just (laughs) i grew up i had yeah i had friends growing up we all played football together and one of them was playing at a football team at the football club lucky mile shout out to them i guess lucky mile and uh (laughs) it was a team you know they train together twice a week and then they play you know they 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 played like second division in hong kong like you know decent level and it was Mm. fun it was like you know it was just fun so i was in that was playing that i wasn't really doing any martial arts because i wasn't sure about the gym situation in hong kong i didn't know Mm. and then someone i ran into someone and he told me about uh gracie baja a fight club yeah he told me about that place he's like hey man like i heard you did because he followed me on facebook and was like oh i saw you fall mma he's like if you want to train you should come to this gym Mm. so i was like oh that's cool and then um so i went there Started training there, met Henry Chan, great dude, super nice guy. He's like black belts in like three or four different mm-hmm. disciplines. He's 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 a good dude. Yeah. He actually propelled me forward a lot into MMA. I was still like on the rope when I met Henry, but Henry like pushed me over the, the one side. What year was this then? That was two thousand and I would say two thousand and twelve. Like huh? I, I moved back uh sorry, I moved back two thousand and yes, two thousand and twelve. September mm. so it was like the back end of the year and then 2013 was the next year when when I got involved with epic mm. oh that's you're when, epic yeah that's when epic came in um, I fought I fought an amateur MMA fight against uh, an epic student yeah. and um, yeah and I won that fight and then from there I was like connected to the staff at mm. epic and then they were like hey so that's because they had Alberto, Mosi, Busi, and they're like, this guy's big. So they're like, hey, can you come and train? Because they need body. Mm. So I was like, dope. I was like, I was like, this guy's like, was undefeated at the time, and Mosi's like a champ, and mm. all of them, they were all high-level strikers. I was like, that's amazing. So I went out there. I was like a little kid in the candy shop, ready to, you know, get my ass beat, and uh, <laughs> went out there. And yeah, I was just learning a lot, sparring with them, putting in rounds, and I was young and just like had forever energy and just didn't get hurt and just could continue going bah, bah, bah. and I was strong that was one of my uh, coming from football like I was getting smaller and durable yeah yeah I guess you could say that yeah, yeah for sure yeah <laughs> all of your sports rugby um, yeah. American football 
And so, yeah, I would just do my best to put it on them and, like, you know, go head to toe with Muay Thai champs and, like, just try my best, even though they were just, like, you know, destroying my legs. You know, just learning the so hard way. That's definitely how you learn when yeah, people so, chop your legs off. Yeah, so they would be like, why aren't you checking leg kicks? And I'd be like, because I'm focused on my boxing. And then they'd be like, <laughs> but you can't box if you don't have a leg. And I'm like, that makes sense. Like, yeah, you yeah. know, so it's, like, small things. But, like, over time, you learn. And then... Um, I think, uh, yeah, uh, so you've, how do you think uh, being in a, a team for MMA or martial arts compares to being in a team to, like, team sports? Because, uh, like you said, like, it is, you've never done a sport where it's just you out there, but mm. do, um, don't you well, think, like, team sports, a, uh, team sports suck, because <laughs> no matter how hard you work, if you've got a weak link, you can always be exposed. I'm not saying like, you know, I had weak links or anything like that, but it can be any, I could be the weak link, you know, it's, it's, it's and that's the problem. Like you go into a, into a fight, you got nobody to blame. Like you got mm. yourself, you know how hard you worked, even if you worked incredibly hard and you still lost, like you got to accept that. That's what it is. But in the team environment, man, oh, I've been in so many goddamn sports and then environments where like, we're talking like millimeters, inches, like small margins where, one person makes one little error and then it's like us or the other team going to the world cup and the other team went twice. So it's like, you're just like, God damn it. Like, you know, it's, it's like everyone played amazing. Even the guy who missed that one kick, one kick that could have won us the game. And then you're just like sitting there like, God damn it. Like <laughs> we should have won that game, you know? And you're just like, there's nothing you can do and yeah. you can't blame anyone, but even though you want to, <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's what the environment. And then like, it's very political. Mm. Like team sports are so political. I feel like, look, you have a, if even if you're the, maybe the most unattractive or like, even if you speak bad, if you go out and fight and you perform a masterclass, people will respect that and give you your opportunity because mm -hmm. you earned it. But in team sports, I remember <laughs> New Year's Day, I think it was 2000 or 2001, something like that, or 2002, I can't remember the year. but. That year I, I played rugby and they determined that two kids on the team had played so well that they should get an award, right? So I played very well that day. That was like one of the most biggest days of my young life was playing on New Year's Day at football club. And I played well that game. And everyone on my team was like, you, you won that like award, right? So you're gonna get that award, like dope. Like mm. telling me you're getting that award. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> then the coach of that team comes along with his son and is like, we're gonna flip a coin to oh, see no. who determined. Cause he's like, I thought my son played fantastic but game. But the coach saying that his son yes. played the best. Yes, yes, I know, how ridiculous is that? And I'm standing there like, what is going on? And then, and then he's like, literally, he's like, choose, like heads or tails, and I'm like, what? I was like, tails? I the award, thanks. <laughs> Flips the tails, he lands his heads, and he's like, sorry. And he gives the award to his son. And I'm like, what? I go back and all my friends were like, Yo, why is this guy winning? How the old award? was the son? We were the same age, like 13, 14. Man. Well, no, no, maybe 12, 13. Yeah. It was like year seven. I wonder what he thinks of when he thinks about this. I mean, uh, he's doing nothing now, I'm sure. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, that's crazy. Like that's what, that was my first dose of politics. Yeah. Literally a coin flip to determine, uh, if I win started award. young damn yeah. I'm sorry so it's a rude awakening I always, I always had like a little like little something on my shoulder because of it I always thought man that's so weird I was like I've noticed like talented kids be like on the b team and I'd be like why is he on the b team 
and it's maybe because he talked some shit to his son or mm. somebody else. This it's all interconnected. You know how it goes, right? Yeah. So back then, especially, there's no communications like that. So everyone's, you know. So I hated that, and and that was one thing I, I unfortunately experienced in in, in sports. Um, how does that compare now to? I mean, now I mean, uh, the, I mean, you know, MMA is it's a dirty world, but like like I said, if you can. If you put in the work in the right areas um, and get wins and you win well, you don't just hug people on the ground. People, you'll get the respect you deserve and, and, and you'll get you'll get your opportunities to fight. And they like people like who are just straight straight shooters. I'm a straight shooter. So when, when I get an opportunity to fight on short days notice, six days notice, I'll take the fight. Like, I'm not afraid. I'm always like I told you, I like fighting. It's not mm -hmm. like it's not like something I have to like. Whew, like get ready to fight like oh i'm like <laughs> i'm down like if there's something going on like i'm down to fight like it's not something that i shy away from so um you know if the opportunity is there you know let let me shine and then i get to do what i like to do because i feel like not everyone fights like not everyone loves what they do mm. even the fighters so um yeah that's that's kind of one thing that that i noticed when hey. I uh, when I when, when I'm in there, because there's, there's a lot of things that I feel unnatural when I do sitting in an office. I feel very unnatural. Mm. But like when I'm in a ring fighting, I'm very natural. Mm. It's very relaxing. So, yeah, that's uh, nice. Yeah. Well, your last fight was taken on six days notice. Yeah. In Abu Dhabi. In Abu Dhabi. Yes. What was that like? Your whole experience with that? Um, like you were training in a foreign country. Your coaches were saying probably don't take the fight and you were like no i'm gonna take it i'm gonna <laughs> go to saudi um <laughs> <laughs> obviously yeah, like maybe cool sounding along voice that. <laughs> yeah no um no i just yeah i had an injury going in um with my groin but i've been training boxing a lot in ukraine i've been training with like high level high level coaching and even wrestling and um i was like super upset at the time it was literally a day apart so i got told that the original november 9 fight in hong kong was canceled the event or postponed and um so i was like man that sucks like because i had a lot going on for that fight and then um and then literally i'm sitting down eating pizza like i don't care like i'm just gonna eat now whatever and then uh and then i got a phone call like hey like we have an opportunity a good opportunity for you from a guy that like I have like a relationship with, he's not quite my manager, but he's like got potential to be my future manager. So he's like, hey, I have a really good opportunity for you, for you on six days notice. He's like, I think you can win this fight. Like you should, you know, definitely take it. And like, I mean, you can sweet talk me all day long. Like I know he wants it because it looks good for him for me to take the fight because he's mm -hmm. saving their promotion mm -hmm. from making the fight happen. So I'm thinking like, all right, well, as long as the money is right. So we got to negotiate correct money and correct weight. Um, and then I'm down. Like I, I seen Phil, I watched film on him and I was like, and the guy's like, yeah, he's a striker. You don't have to wrestle. Da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, well then let's do it. Cause I've been striking for the last three weeks. I was like, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. You know? So, um, they, they came back with the right number. They came back with the right weight class. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So signed the contract. And then they booked me a flight from the Ukraine to Abu Dhabi, or actually, sorry, to Dubai. And then they drove me to Abu Dhabi, Abu Dhabi from Dubai. And uh, yeah, they gave me the five-star treatment, put me in a five-star hotel, fed, I mean, kind of fed me in the beginning because uh, I was cutting weight, but it gave me full access to food. You Did know. you have any corners with you? Or? Um, I had, uh, they, so I was scrambling for that. So I actually flew out Matthew um do you know matthew matthew charles robin oh wow from singapore yeah, yes 
I flew him out from Singapore. <laughs> He's a good friend of mine. Um, so I hit him up and asked him what he was doing and if he wanted to come out to Abu Dhabi. Was he it was a baby cat. Yeah, Matt. baby cat attack. A yeah, baby cat shout attack. out to yeah. baby cat attack. Um, <laughs> that's my dude. Um, so yeah, I basically told the promotion. I was like, yeah, I got my corner from Singapore. They booked him a flight. He flew Etihad straight from Singapore, comfortable. Nice. Um, he arrived, I arrived. We were there. It was good. Man. I, I was feeling good. I was feeling good that week. Um, no he's got the best voice for a corner, that man. He's very loud. He's so loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can hear him. But let me tell you, in the fight, I couldn't even hear him. That's how loud it was. Oh, in there. shit. It was loud. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, no, going in, I felt good. Everything was good. I thought my opponent felt, I thought he was nervous going into the fight. I was very relaxed, just chill, ready to go. Um, and then, yeah, once, you know, being the co-main event, you're the second last fight out of 12 fights. So it's like, you know, it's a long day. You're there at three mm -hmm. and you're not fighting until like 10 mm -hmm. or, or 9.30. So you're there, you're chilling. So it's, you know, normal process. And then that's the worst process, in my opinion, mm -hmm. the waiting part. I wish I could just be like in the bed chilling and then they just call me like, come on, let's go. And then I just warm up and go fight. <laughs> like, I hate just hanging around lounging. Like, it's not really, yeah, not productive for me and uh so then yeah the opportunity came to call me out everything was good hand wraps were good gloves were good we went out and then um and yeah it was loud like he had a big crowd and not that that bothered me or anything but i was just like that's something i noticed i was like oh, i was super loud and then we went out um you know touch gloves as soon as we touched gloves he threw a low kick, like cheap shot a little bit. And I'm like, all right, you're going to be like that. You know, that's what I remember thinking. I was like, all <laughs> gonna right. Going to be the be first like one to make contact. Like <laughs> as soon as we go for the, you know, it's like literally like, mm, and then the kick came and I was like, all right. All right. So no, no, it started off good. I thought it was an equal fight. I mean, he, he surprised me because as soon as I came out working my footwork, he was very like, he he's hesitant. And I could see he was like very, uh, like he was thinking a lot, like it was making him uncomfortable. And then, um, and then he shot a very nice double leg out of nowhere, took me down. Uh, so I was like, unexpected. I was like, okay, well, I didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. He got me 100%. But I just scooted my butt up on the cage, got back up, separation, got back on. He didn't do nothing there. I was like, and I could see he was already like, like breathing heavy. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's fine. Like, let him gas and then I'll, I'll, I'll work him out. And then, um, yeah, we did a little bit of exchanging. He wasn't really touching me. I was just getting blocking, moving. Um, and then he gets into the clinch and he knees me in the groin. Nothing big, but he does it clearly. The ref's like, separate, blah, blah, blah. I'm chilling. So on the feed of this fight that you can watch right now, they're showing the replay of his double leg. Mm -hmm. And I'm already like, yeah, we're good. Touch gloves, let's go. So we go out and I land a right hand. Mm -hmm. When I land the right hand, he like stumbles, gets a little bit wobbly. Mm -hmm. You can't see it on the video, but you can hear it if you listen to the audio. Because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, Sasha Lan's beautiful right hand. Mm -hmm. He's like, this might change the fight. Um, but he actually recovered from it quite well and he came back like aggressive, like he didn't like it obviously. So he came back and just threw a bunch of stuff, but missed most of it. He landed maybe one or two like minor strikes. Um, but I could tell like he was kind of like not liking it. Mm. And then I started moving with him again. I landed another good shot on him and then I was just working my jab and I saw he was ducking a lot. So mm. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go for a duck uppercut. Mm -hmm. So I'm working the jab. And as I throw the uppercut, he slips it very nicely and hits me with the right hand. Oof. on the jaw ah. stumbles me back two steps but like they're saying in the commentary like oh he's so hurt but look all it did was just stumble me back i was completely with it and then he came forward to land the knee and then i shot hit the double leg mm. so from that moment like 
Sounds exciting. Yeah, it was a very back and forth <laughs> fight. You know, it was very back and forth and it was quite even to that point. But I also felt like he, I was very relaxed and I wasn't trying to use like energy like crazy, mm. but he was using a lot of energy. Um, so then I took his back, I was on his back and then this is when the groin problem came. So because of my groin, I was not having very good ability to control mm -hmm. with my hooks. So mm -hmm. when I took his back, the left side was just not in full control. So I kept him there. I went to like a body triangle and I couldn't lock it because of my groin and he spun out. And then I just played like a knee shield half guard and he was just working a little bit of ground and pound, a couple punches, one, two, three. I just block, block, block. And I was accepting like, I'm going to end up on the bottom of the round. Mm -hmm. Like, that's it. Like I, I, I can lose this round. That's fine. Cause mm -hmm. I felt like he was working a lot and I was chill. Um, so I was taking shots, taking shots, moving, moving. And a lot of the time when I'm on the ground, I chill like this. Like if I'm in, sorry, if I'm in half guard, Don't chill too far away. From sorry. If I'm on half guard, I'm <laughs> chilling on like, I'll, I'll look like I'm not moving and then move so I can mm. maybe get like an underhook, stuff like that. Mm. So I was like bobbing and weaving on the ground. And then the referee, I took like two or three good shots and then the referee just Stopped decided it. to stop it. Yeah. And Ugh, like, it's annoying. It was one of those moments where I was like, what, like kind of like. What I'm the fuck? defending myself. Yeah, I'm uh, moving. moving. I'm okay. But yeah. then at the same time, I also was like, did I get knocked out? Uh, you, you, also, don't, you, you don't know. Yeah, you don't know. You know? Yeah, you're, You're in the moments. moment. Like, I know I got hit by punches, but like, I was still moving. But did I go out? Am I, am I good? I'm good. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking like, yeah, you're good. I'm good. My corner's like, bro, they stopped that early. I was like, did they though? And then, and then you're like doubting yourself in mm -hmm. a way. Then when I watched it back, I was like, no, fuck that. Like, that <laughs> shit was stopped early, I felt like. And, well, and it sounded like quite an exciting fight in the sense that it did sound like yeah. it was going back and forth. Yeah, so, it was uh, It was a good fight. I mean, credit to my opponent. He was yeah. he's a good fighter. And I, I, want, I already told him I want to run back that rematch. Nice. Um, so hopefully down the road, maybe later on in 2020, we will. But um, Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah. They want, they want it. They'll make it happen. Yeah, that's true. And I guess they're good for it as well. So. No doubt. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Well, you mentioned before, uh, sort of the worst, the most challenging part of the fight for you is the waiting. Hmm. Can you like go into that a little bit? What's that whole process like for you? Because I know what it's like. Yeah, it's. And, I uh, mean, it's. You're just kind of like. I mean, for example, I fought in some good environments where I've been able to show up to the arena like super late. Mm -hmm. So like fighting in Hong Kong, I was able to show up literally like an hour and a half before my fight. Which and I in think a is, suit. Yes, of yeah. course. And uh, <laughs> it's business. And yeah. uh, and I think it's good because like in that hour and a half time frame, like I can, you know, dress down, you know, have something to drink, start my warm up, loosen up. And then next thing you know, I'm in the cage. But when you're kind of like sitting around in an air conditioned arena, like like six hours before your fight and you're kind of, and you're not really comfortable. You're not in a spot like that you want to be in. You don't know whether you should be sleeping. You don't know whether you should mm -hmm. like some of my fights. I sleep like I slept like three hours before my fight, I wake up. And then that's when I start to like get into things, you know, like mentally. But it's just when you're at an arena, like for example, at Abu Dhabi, it was so cold in the arena. Like luckily <laughs> I packed for it, but like this, cause I made that mistake in the past being in an arena thinking like it'll be regular, but it's so cold in there um so like yeah you're all bundled up and then you're like wait but i'm fighting so i gotta stay kind of warm mm. but i'm fighting like in five hours so what am i doing so you're like playing that game of like i need to be doing something but really you shouldn't be doing anything yeah um <laughs> just stay relaxed yeah it's and like easier said yeah. than done in those times. and 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 also like for example when i was in russia oh sorry not russia uh ukraine mm -hmm. um i was you know training early in the mornings and then i was training like mid-afternoon like four 
four or five. So like, and, and I wasn't in any fixed schedule of like, oh, I'm getting ready for a fight. So when I was fighting at like 10 p.m., I kind of felt like, oh, maybe this is like, I, I, I remember feeling like even when I was warming up, I was like, I was like, oh, feeling a little bit like I'm tired for mm -hmm. some reason. Not that I was, but I just felt like mentally I was a little bit drained. You well, know? you did fly in <clears throat> a couple of days earlier and then have yeah. to do a weigh in. Do you think uh, like flat, how much time would you have had if it was like optimum for you to recover, settle in? Oh, I mean, versus, in an ideal world, I would say like, I mean, if I, yeah, in an ideal world, I would say like two weeks mm. just so you can like, like, like get in a gym and get some work in. Like I didn't get any of that really. When I got there, I was just at the hotel, mm. did pad work in the, in the gym. Uh, they had like a weights room. So we were just doing some pad work there. But I mean, that's, I've had worse conditions. Like you, that, that can't complain at all. Like it's not only that six days was like the risk, you know, there's mm. always risk and reward. So. Um, I think it, it, there was reward from it, and that's the cool thing about it. I, I got an opportunity. They were happy with everything, and they want me there again. So um, the result didn't go my way, but honestly, going forward, I think it's only a good thing because mm -hmm. now I'm like literally like, all right, I know I took it on six days' notice, but let's just get real. Let's go to Vegas. Let's get in camp. Like we got our title to defend. Like let's go. Let's get serious. Because mm -hmm. this last ten months, it's like it's been serious. Don't get me wrong. I take everything serious, but if I've got clients to train and I got classes to teach. I got something else on my mind too. So actually the best feeling I ever fought of the best feelings from a fight or being in a fight were, were the fight against Kosuk Young at Justin May in Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. That was the most trained I was for that fight. I was trained three times a day. I was in a six week camp. Mm -hmm. I was fully focused. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just where I felt mm, just really good. Mm -hmm. And uh, I need to get back to that when, when I'm in Vegas, we just having the avenue of getting beat up by, by fellow killers and uh, having the opportunity to just be, because I mean, yeah, you just gotta be constantly. Gotta constantly work your way out exactly. of different problems. Exactly. So you know. Yeah, I gotta just go <laughs> and get some, get some problem solving done. And then yeah. when I can go to Korea, I can quickly solve that problem and then move forward. And that's basically what I'm intending to do. Hooray. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've heard some good things about AFC as well. It's a great promotion. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I've mean, heard, I like um, it. I like them. I think they're, I think they're like the premier uh, promotion in, in Korea. Mm -hmm. They have some of the best fighters in Korea on their roster. Um, I mean, obviously there's Road as well. Which is yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Road is competitive. Definitely. They just had their million dollar tournament, but Road have been away longer. Okay. Um, and AFC, I think they're in there. They're about to do their 13th show only. Hmm. So, but the roster that they have for 13 shows, I mean, they had Hong Man Choi. He's like a legend. Um, Kosa Kyung, who's, hmm. you know, like I said, the guy that I beat, he's in that promotion as well. He's signed. Um, Do you think you guys will ever fight again? He was asking for it, but my manager <laughs> said, you don't want to fight me again. So uh. I agree. He had, he got hurt from me. So like he actually got hurt. So like. He had a brain injury. He had to take time. Did he? Yeah. Oof. So he had to take time off. And, like, he's like, you don't want to do that again. So, you know, they got a bunch of, like, team mad guys. Uh, Bam Young-ho, he's, mm -hmm. like, a UFC guy. Mm -hmm. uh, like, they got a lot of guys. So I think being in the AFC, because I have a guy um, who fought and was the heavyweight champ, and he was signed to the UFC. So I was thinking, look, I, he's, like, 6-0 six, six, six or something or 7-0. So... He had that opportunity through fighting in Korea to go through to the UFC. So I think it's definitely a good place to be, mm -hmm. um, especially when you defend your belt. That's what they want. They want you to win a belt and then defend your belt and it to be against legitimate opposition. So my next opposition is very legit. So mm -hmm. um, that's why going to Vegas and just getting myself ready for it is like 
A1 priority right this now. This is on January 1st, you said. That's oh. when they they originally told me, but we're still waiting. Their their event is November 13. Okay. Uh, they're doing a all Korea versus all China card. Oh, Should okay. be pretty good. Um, lots of people fighting China these days. Yeah, it's yeah. big now. Um, <laughs> my opponent, my future opponent, is actually fighting on that card, so mm -hmm. I'll definitely be tuning in. Um, and that'll probably be like a nice little tune-up fight for him, mm -hmm. uh, confidence booster, because I think he's coming off of two losses. And um, yeah. Is there like a stream or something that you know of that you know if other listeners or um, friends want to tune in? Um, I'd have to do some homework. Okay. But if you hit me up on uh, Instagram for November 9, that event, I'll probably would would have found a stream by then. Um, it's usually like the day of or the day before that I get it. So, um, yeah, if you guys are interested to tune in, hit me up and I can always pass that information along. Um, and yeah. <coughs> so where were we when? Uh, so basically, yeah, I, mm -hmm. I moved back to Hong Kong. I got through into jujitsu, got in with Epic went amateurs, did all that, how it is, you know, went through the amateurs. And then I was eventually like, I can't get a pro fight in Hong Kong. Mm. At least not. No, like no one my way. Mm. And there's no like really perfect, MP had like just kind of started. So I'd asked MP, look, can you get me a fight? Mm. And they're like, yes, we can get you a fight. I was like, fantastic. Mm -hmm. What I'm about to tell you is like the most crazy story you guys have ever heard. Okay. Fact. <laughs> On this podcast, probably too. So I went out, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get ready for my professional debut. I'm gonna go train out with the Black Zillions. So I'd been saving my money basically for that because my goal was to live in Florida and train out with them. And like, you know, growing up, I'd watch them. So I moved out there, went to do my training camp, was training out there, doing everything, it was good. I was like seven weeks into my camp. Training was great. How long was your great. camp? Eight weeks. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I was like seven weeks, you know, week to go. And so there, and then Vusi running MP was like, Hey man, you need to get blood work. So I'm like, all right, let's go get blood work done. So I was thinking, should I get it done in Hong Kong or should I get it done here in Florida? And I looked at the prices in Hong Kong. It's much more expensive than Florida. So I said, I'll go do it in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I went to this place called lab doctor and, um, they took my blood and they're like, we'll give you the results in 24 hours. I said, perfect. My flight's in 48 hours. So I'll get the results, send them to MP and then jump on my plane mm -hmm. to Hong Kong. So I, uh, I don't get a phone call 24 hours later and I'm like, that's weird. So I'm like, Hey guys, uh, do you have the results from blah? They're like, yeah, we'll call you right back. So they call me back. They're like, could you take a seat? And I was like, uh, I guess I'll take a seat. And then they, they, they're like, Oh, uh, sorry to tell you this, but you tested positive for HIV. And I'm like, what? I'm like, what do you mean? I tested positive for <laughs> HIV. And I'm like, yeah. Um, you know, your blood, you know, came back. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I was like, I was like, what? I was like, so shocked, right? I'm like, so, so shocked. I was like, didn't know how it was possible, right? So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, literally like, I'm like, what? Like, that's crazy. So basically they were like, yeah, you, your your blood test result came back positive. Like it's 99% not accurate that that is what it is, right? So I'm like, holy shit. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I was like, I'm about to, I need to get on a plane, but I was like, I can't fly ever. Like what? Like my whole life had like just right. kind of changed in that, in that split moment and then you're like oh, i'm not gonna say that actually yeah I, no i was literally like what the fuck like excuse my language but like it literally was like the worst moment ever and um and i i, I didn't know what to do so like i i kind of went into like a shutdown for about 48 hours i just sat on my bed for 48 hours just like like trying to think like how is this possible how did it happen i thought maybe i got it in training or like sitting on a toilet like i couldn't think because like at that moment because from the time that i'd been blood tested before that to that period like 
it wasn't that big a window so mm. it didn't make sense how mm. so i was but i was at the same time i was like these these tests are so accurate like i couldn't be wrong right so i'm mm. like what is going on and uh and then um next thing you know um like my dad calls me and he's like dude like where are you he's like you didn't get on your flight like where are you and i'm like i'm like yeah uh, i got something to tell you and then i told him mm. and then like i didn't know what to expect from him but like it was like a very awkward pause and he's just like i got you like you know don't worry about it like i got you 100 don't mm. think like you know you're a bad person like thinking like you know that i had it too right but at the same mm. time he's like doesn't make sense like like you wouldn't have that like doesn't make sense to me he's like you don't have it and i'm like nah like the test blah 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 so they were like okay you got to go back and get more blood on monday mm -hmm. so by this point i was like all right um i'm ready to just be like a regular joe just like i didn't even have a tv or a playstation or nothing i just was just chilling like i was just focused on the fight yeah. so it's like now i'm just gonna enjoy life that's all i can do yeah. like i had it took me about three days to understand that i had this disease and then they were and then literally was like okay well i'm just gonna adapt and be like i'm just gonna enjoy life just yeah. like eat a bunch of shit and just party or like <laughs> yeah. enjoy life you know what can i do yeah so um but i felt very it was a very strange feeling and then um and then they took my blood and then this doctor calls me wednesday so they told me friday so i was like saturday sunday i gave blood monday and then tuesday wednesday they sent my blood to west virginia to this this place where they can tell you how much of the infection is in your blood mm. and then that's how they kind of dose your medicine that's mm. like the advancement it's got to now it's quite good actually um and they were like, yeah, there's like nothing in your blood. And then I'm like, what? And then the guy's like, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that like you're, you don't have HIV. And I'm like, what? So then, oh, uh, fuck. yeah, so I'm like, wait, <laughs> what dude? And then he was like, he was like, yeah, like, so it was like human error. Someone like switched. Someone's like giving you the wrong paper. No, no, someone had switched our blood sample. So somebody got told that they were clean when really they weren't. And oh, then shit. I was the one who got told I was not infected. yeah i was infected so that was even more of a mind fuck because i was literally like what like i literally like changed my whole life and <laughs> i've then, seen your blood work for just so <laughs> i'm yeah. like i know yeah. you don't have yeah no, i just i was just in uae trust me they did a blood test for me there in the hotel they wouldn't have allowed me to fight if i had nothing yeah trust me. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no i know i'm i'm very i'm a very like ocd i'm a bit clean freak so like when that came out i felt so dirty and i was like i was like how do i get it out like it was it was, it was pulling your skin off yeah it was very very strange you know and um and and you know what oh, shit it, so you ended up missing the fight yeah because people messaging me like hey man like are you fighting and stuff i'm like i hurt my shoulder like mm. they're like that's bullshit like you didn't mm. hurt your shoulder like a week before your fight and i'm like no nah, i did i did because i couldn't tell people that nah. and then maybe like a month after then i was started telling people what happened they were like holy shit dude i'm like yeah and then the crazy thing was like my dad and stuff was like oh so you just go back to training right and i'm like fuck no <laughs> i was like nah Scared. i went through like an emotional <laughs> roller coaster i'm just chilling like i had no motivation to train for about two months right it was weird like i i was quite wake a big up. rug pull though even though it didn't i mean even though it wasn't those just like what you're saying those emotions are real and they it existed. was crazy like yeah. and then like we were thinking of going to like court and like doing all that but even that is like stressful in itself like it's a long process i had to like 
go and see psychologists and say how it like mentally affected them. I'm like, nah, that's bullshit. Like it didn't affect <laughs> me like that, but like, honestly, it just wasted a lot of my time and like mental energy for the span. So like, just mm. give me like a bunch of money, but it don't work like that. So <laughs> unfortunately, uh, um, you know, I missed that opportunity to fight. They canceled the, I obviously canceled on my opponent and like that sucks for both of us. Um, but yeah, I was like kind of like in a funk and then I got back to training and then I met this guy who was like at the time kind of like managing some fighters and he was like, hey, I'll get you some fights. And I'm like, no problem. I was training full time. Like I was training every day. Like I was getting in shape. I was ready to fight because I was like, I just want to fight because I was like that felt that fight fell out. So I was like, I need to fight, get my mm -hmm. career started. So he sent out, you know, emails and got in contact with promotions and like sent my resume, whatever. Not that my resume was incredibly stacked it was just like russian name training at black zillions you know a little bit of martial arts experience karate background whatever mm. so i got some feedback got some opponents but man for s about 18 months i had like eight fights fall through mm. like within two weeks within Shit. 10 days within no one showing up to the weigh-in mm. so that's unlucky it's really unlucky. terrible and I, it was just i went to the u.s thinking like man these these guys are down to fight like mm. all the time but i started to realize that it's not not the case mm. a lot of guys don't get me wrong there are a lot of guys that are fighters they will fight but there are also a lot of guys that just say they're fighters or and then want to be fighters and then like they'll just not show up to weigh-ins which is like i'm this is that's ridiculous so yeah, yeah. That's so so I went through this run and I was just like, man, I literally like my dad was even like, maybe it's a sign. Like, maybe you're not supposed to fight, you know? And I'm like, maybe because this is just ridiculous. Like, it's getting ridiculous. So um, I was back in the States and then I was like, man, I need to renew my ID because I almost been away for three years. So I was like, I'm going to go back to Hong Kong, renew my ID just just to say what's up, come back for two weeks. And then I came back with my girlfriend and uh we were just like showing her around and just doing the whole tourist thing and just being like a fat dude. Like I wasn't training or anything. And then I ran into Matt, baby cat attack. Mm. And he was like, man, I can get you. I was telling him like, man, I can't get a fight. I'm in the States. He's from Florida too. Mm -hmm. So I was like, man, I can't get a fight. This is crazy. Like nobody wants to fight. Like I'm nobody. Like why don't nobody want to fight me? Like I have no reason. Like there's no like, scary videos of me murdering people. Like. I'm just a dude, so fight me, you know? <laughs> and um, so he was like, no, nah, no, nah, we'll try and get you some, we'll get you some. And then, like, I had an opportunity to fight in Penang, Malaysia. Oh, cool. Uh, the Golden Warriors. Yes. And then all of a sudden, I think it was, like, I don't know, two weeks before the event's going down, and I'm matched up to fight, there's, like, a storm. Storm oh, comes in and floods <laughs> Penang. Oh, my God. Floods yeah. Penang, right? So they cancel the event. There's like water like five feet high in like the place where they're supposed Gee. to have the event. And I'm like, seriously, is this really happening right now? And I'm like so cut up. I'm like, what the fuck? So he's like, don't worry, don't worry. They're going to do it again in January. Do it again in January. And I'm like, man, should I go back to the States? Should I just hang around? So I kind of liked Matt. So I stuck around and my girl stuck around too. So we were sticking around. We were doing our thing a little bit. I was, you know, I could be anywhere with IT work. So, like, I was like, why not? We'll stick around. My lease ended, so I was like, we'll stick around. He's like, yeah, yeah, we'll get you a fight in January. January rolls around. Promotion doesn't put on the show. So I'm like, fuck, man. Like, am I ever going to fight? <laughs> like, is this ever going to happen? And, really, then the, uh, and then the Just MMA rolled around. 
Uh, they said March. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go. You'll fight this Korean dude, Kosuk Jun. They were like early on too. It was like I had a long time, and I was like, all right, let's hope this happens. So went to Tiger because at that at that point I got Hong Kong enough to know like, all right, I need like bigger dudes. Proper training, yeah. Yeah. So then, <laughs> so then I was like, this is my first time going to Phuket. So I was like, let's go to Phuket. So I moved out there. And um, I didn't know anyone there at the time, but I just went out there, trained, joined, did the classes, started to make friends with people there, and I ended up moving there. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I just thought, you know, this is a good environment, except for the fact that I was get, getting staff all the time. But otherwise, you know, it's a super good environment for training partners, and, you know, it's cheap, uh, relatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but Ukraine's cheaper. And, um, but you can literally go, um, you know, and get as many classes as you want at Tiger all day, every day. And so many sparring partners. Yeah. So many different partners partners from all around the world. For sure. Different Different styles, different styles. styles. Exactly. It's great. It's like, it's like Toys R Us for like MMA. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) for training. So it's good. And, you know, I went out there and lived a little bit out there and got ready for the fight and was like in super good shape, feeling really good. Didn't have a lot of distractions and went in there and, you know, took care of business as, as I expected to do. And then, yeah, I went back to Thailand and lived, lived out there. I was like, man, this is working for me. You know, 500 bucks a month rent is like always going to win and, mm. you know, go over Hong Kong <laughs> prices. So it's like, yeah, this, this is good. And then the opportunity for hybrid came up while I was still in Phuket and I was like, mm. That'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Come, I, I've always wanted to be in Hong Kong, and I've always wanted to fight out of Hong Kong. So I was like, you know, if I can get to Hong Kong and get a good salary, and then have the opportunity to fight in Justin MMA or whatever promotion that comes here, great. You know, mm-hmm. so came back here. They had this big project. I sat in. I said, hey, if it happens, let's do it. Like I'm down. And then they made it happen. And then I flew back again. My girlfriend was with me in Thailand, and then she also got a job. So she was working a job and then I came back to Hong Kong. So we were doing long distance, which sucked, but at the same time we were both working and making money. And then, um, you know, and, and then the opportunities came from there. Like after that knockout um, mm-hmm. against the Korean, his manager became my manager. Did um, he? Yeah. What the heck? So, yeah, <laughs> so basically. Oh, is this uh, James? James, James oh, Hart, okay, yeah. yeah. So he manages that guy. Yeah. Like he manages a bunch of fighters and. Um, yeah, but, he's sort of like the Hong Kong yeah, guy to go to for. He's low key, like knows a lot of people. He's good, yeah. he's a really good guy. And um, yeah, that guy was like a UFC prospect. He was a 2017 World Sambo champ. Like mm. he, he went to Russia and like beasted people. I watched mm. the video after my fight of how he performed at that tournament and he was like a beast. Um, so to take him out was like a big accomplishment in itself and then it was just a bonus that James was like, I reached out of nowhere on social media and was like, hey man, he's like, he's like, great fight. He's like, I'm a big fan. He's like, do you have management? Do you, do you, need, do you need a manager? And I was like, man, I love a manager. Like mm-hmm. I haven't had a good manager like any point in my career. If you can help me get fights, you know, I'll give you whatever the percentage you need. That's all I need. Just give me fights. I don't care about the money right now. I just need fights, mm-hmm. you know? I feel like I'm like, I should have been fighting years ago. So he was like, I got you. Three months later, I'm fighting in Korea. Um, my boom. first fight at AFC, yeah, I, I, and, and they were just like, yeah, go out, you know, beat up the guy and then see how they feel. It was only a two-round fight. Mm. It was so weird. Um, so Wait, was, yeah. as in it was only two rounds? Or yeah, you it was only two, two rounds. rounds. No, 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 it was only two rounds. Oh. Yeah. Like I said, I, 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 I let the first round usually go, and, and then I get, get busy in the second round, which it was what was happening, and then I was like, ready for a third and i'm like oh yeah it's only two round fight but uh but uh no it was a good fight dominated the guy he was like 27 one kick kickboxer like decorated striker so like just to 
just and I beat him standing. So just to do that, and then the FC boss is a striking guy, so he just liked that. And then, yeah, they were like, "Hey, you want a title fight June?" I was like, "All right, sounds good to me. I like belts." So I was like, <laughs> "Let's do it, shiny." So went out and took care of business in that fight. Fought a big man, like he was like six foot four, like just a big tall dude, like. 84 kilo which is up a weight class for me but um uh yeah i just went out and just took him down dominated him he really didn't have much he took my back at like one point in the fight and i'm mm. sure like for viewers it was maybe scary for them but <laughs> i was in control most of that fight i would say you know four rounds out of five i was dominant the whole time got the unanimous decision nice. walked away with the belt and then uh would you ever do like a one of those freak fights you know how they have sometimes like a normal guy against this like yeah, seven foot I giant fight, man i want to fight <laughs> home man Troy. that'd be hilarious yeah. um but yeah i mean if the pay is right you know why not you yeah know, that's a good opportunity you could like single like him from standing <laughs> <laughs> on his belly button just yeah <laughs> put my head on it um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's, that opportunity led to another opportunity, which put me in Korea. And then also coming back to Hong Kong with hybrid, it was like, okay, I have a gym that's backs me, supports me, and then I can train out. And then they, they were telling me, oh yeah, like, we'll get you ready for fights, stuff like that. Like mm -hmm. we want you to be fighting. So that's also good. Like they weren't like, we want you working like da, 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 da. They were like, we want you to make sure you're ready for camp. So they were very good in that regard. And, um, and I did whatever I could to get ready for the fights here. Um, Nadir was a big help for all, yeah. all he's my... He's got great hands. Uh, he's, mm. Nadir's a great great uh, Muay Thai boxing coach, mm. great athlete. Um, just a shame he's like 10 kilos lighter. If he was a little bit heavier, he'd be a perfect training partner for me. Um, but yeah, he got me ready for pretty much all my fights out of Hong Kong and got me, got me done uh, with the pad work. You know, he's got great pad work, gets you real tired. So... We would do like 25 minute rounds uh, of pads uh, yeah on sundays when the gym was closed in the afternoon we would get in like those are the grind days and just just constant work leave the mat just completely sweaty but that's what would get me ready for the fights and uh unfortunately like you need more than just that but mm -hmm. like it was good enough to get where we needed to go thankfully and uh and yeah i'm just hoping now with this now new opportunity in vegas that you know my performance is just going to be like next level so do you have a gym already all set up for you in vegas i don't know about set up it's been there for a while it's like a historic gym it's syndicate but um my coaches that i was with in florida are also now currently in vegas neil oh, melanson nice. and uh, pat Mag mcgriff um and i'm sure there's plenty of other coaches and there's fighters there as well that i used to train That's with that like are honey there pot for so, fighters almost. yeah i mean i'm gonna go get beat up um, I'm out of shape now, so I'll go get beat up, get back into shape, and then I'll be ready to go for the fight with uh, with the uh, AFC. Yeah. So it should be good. Oh, very exciting. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sasha. You're welcome. Telling us everything up until this point. Yes. Yeah, it's Trying. really awesome. Yeah. Like you've had such a sort of variety of athletic experience, yeah. and I never would have thunk it. Yeah. Um, here I was thinking Low you sort guy. of. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, you say you're a low-key guy, but your sort of reputation is otherwise. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that's I mean, that's awesome. There you yeah. go. These are, the, these are the avenues that people get to see, I guess, who I really am. Yeah. See what I'm about. Because like you said, my reputation might prevail me in certain situations. Yep, yep, yep. But uh, if you don't know me now, you can at least get a little insight. Get to know Sasha on there the Flow go. Space podcast. There you go. With Ashley Martin. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. No, thanks a lot, man, for taking, I guess, two 
two days now. I know. Um, I really appreciate I that because we're actually ended. So we're ended. thank you. For your You're time. welcome. And that's the end of our part two with Sasha Palatnikov. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Flow Space podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at flowstate.media or myself at underscore a Martin or Sasha at Sasha Palatnikov MMA. All of us on Instagram. Uh, give us a follow. You can even find To Be Frank there at To Be Frank on Instagram. See ya. <laughs>